Welcome to Stories That Matter, a podcast series from Way to Blue. Each episode, we'll meet with a different guest to explore the stories that matter to them, stories that inspire them, and stories they want the world to hear about. In our next episode, we want to explore storytelling in the fitness industry. We want to uncover how stories in this industry connect people, literally and metaphorically, and how in the era of COVID-19, we have turned to live stream and online fitness to not only provide us with continuity to meet our fitness goals, but to provide escapism and connection. My guest here today is Carola Jane, the Chief Marketing Officer of Spartan Race, a global fitness brand which offers grueling obstacle race courses in 48 countries around the world that has a mission to change the lives of 100 million people. In this podcast, we'll hear how Spartan beautifully leverages the power of a great transformation story to build fandom, and how since March, they've had to pivot and adapt their live event offering to engage and encourage a virtual audience. Carola, thank you so much for joining us here today. Yeah, great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. For those who haven't heard of Spartan Race before, please can you tell us a little bit more about your role and your journey so far? So as the Chief Marketing Officer at Spartan, I oversee our global extreme um, wellness brand portfolio. And uh, for those that don't um, know Spartan well, we are the leader in extreme wellness and our business really has three main components to it. Um, one, as you mentioned, events, and uh, that's physical events as well, as well as virtual events. We oversee the brands in the OCR space, Spartan and Tough Mudder. In the trail racing brands, we have Spartan Trail and Patagonia Run. Then we have a mountain biking brand called La Ruta. And uh, our newest addition to our brand for portfolio is called Deca, which is a new uh, functional fitness challenge brand. So with those brands, we um, obviously operate the events across the world. And then most recently have added a great portfolio of virtual races. The second component to our um, brand and our strategy really is content. And with that, we'll mostly focus around training, nutrition, community, and inspirational content. And that's for, for all brands, but you know, Spartan being currently the largest, you know, a lot of it is really focused on, on Spartan and that obstacle course racing. And then the third component is merchandising. So we have a very large merchandise business that we also evolved from more on-site at the race to now a fully functioning e-commerce business that is also global. Thank you so much. That's such a wonderful introduction for those new to Spartan. I didn't realize just how many services you now offer. It would be great to hear in your own words how you would define the Spartan story. And also, how do you use storytelling to engage with your participants? Spartan, actually, the idea of Spartan started 20 years ago, although we just celebrated our 10-year Spartan brand anniversary. So Joe DeSena, the founder, um, was working on Wall Street. He was, you know, uh, working extremely hard, had very little time for his own personal um, health and well-being. And um, he is very dedicated to health and fitness. He started running, you know, extreme races. And then instead of taking people out for drinks or dinner, he actually started inviting people out to um, do a run with him, where he took an entire trading desk on Wall Street and said, we're going to do a 5K. And they said, no way. I've never run a mile in my life. And, you know, two months later, they were able to basically run a 5K and they were clients for life and were forever grateful. So he then said, okay, I'm going to, you know, move to Vermont and I'm going to start this company. And at first he, you know, kept Wall Street 
his company, but then eventually he moved full time into this um, extreme endurance space. And he started with some very, very extreme events, 100 miles and more, 24 hour races, quickly found out that there wasn't a massive market for it. And then 10 years ago, he actually launched everything under the Spartan brand. And um, he started a number of different distances with more approachable, you know, three mile um, race. And um, yeah, he saw that there was a huge popularity that people were from all fitness parts, you know, not just the most extreme people were really drawn to this. Why Spartan such a strong brand? I would really say it's the transformational component because whether you are perfecting your time and your real athletes. We have a pro team. We have a million dollar prize money. You know, this is a very, um, a, a very strong sport with some of the world's best athletes from all over the world. But those athletes also encourage the person that is looking for weight loss, encourages the people that are looking for mental transformation. Now, I do a lot of one-on-one customer interviews and focus groups just to stay really close to the brand and the community. And I think the one thing we always hear is that people say, you know, even though I run in the elite or I run, you know, in, in the morning heat, I always go back during the open when everybody basically can, can start at a certain time and uh, do it at, at their own leisure. It's not necessarily for prize money. And they love to see the community support each other and they love to encourage everyone. And I think that's ultimately what really makes the brand so strong that everybody encourages each other and is in it for the transformational journey um, of their own, but then also for the community. That is um, pretty much sums up, I guess, what I was talking to you earlier about my friend who has just done one in um, Bahrain a few weeks before lockdown. And she actually said that she was so, so nervous in the run up to it because she she didn't really know what to expect. When it actually came to race day, she was completely relaxed into it. She said no one was watching her and it actually all became about her kind of transformation and her solo endeavor for this. And she said it was almost like she was battling against herself and she had this brilliant story which is that she actually had to stop in the middle of the race and bandage up her trainers that were falling apart because she was just so determined to actually complete it and she had like these great photos where she's rolling around in the mud and she's laughing her head off how much do you think the the collective as well as the the solo experience is important for creating these great stories we're trying to do now what you're saying right now is how do we share that transformational journey, that there's something in it for everyone. And, you know, just to share one personal story, um, one of my um, very first races, once I was actually working here, um, I showed up and it was a a super, so a longer race, um, a medium race, I would say. And so I didn't have um, socks that went over my ankles. And, um, you know, the course apparently was very gnarly and uh, muddy. So um, one of the women that I just asked, like, hey, what is it like out there? She had just finished. So she was clearly one of the um, more elite racers. She gave me her socks. She took her socks out and gave them to me. They were wet. And she said, you'll be fine. And I just, I couldn't believe, you know, woman has never met me. She gave me her socks. I put on her wet socks. We just had like this bond, right? And normally you don't just take a stranger's wet socks. But I think it's, it's really like just tells the whole Spartan story, you know, that it gives you something that then lets you overcome your own obstacles. And I think what we hear so much is that the obstacles are physical, but they're also mental, right? And no matter where you are in your life, you always have some obstacles, you know, for some people, they're huge for others, they're medium for others, they might be small, but I think you have a personal accomplishment and that personal accomplishment coupled with 
the group motivation and inspiration that we really, um, and, and you know, this is all really kudos to Joe and the team that established this brand over the last 10 years, the atmosphere, the buzz, the volunteers, the racers, there's no rule book that says you can or cannot do this. I mean, we're actually putting a lot of those things together now for social media specifically, but on the course, everybody is just helpful, nice. You know, obviously there, there are guidelines in terms of what the volunteers do and don't do, but um, I think it's really this community and the understanding that the community is there to support each other that, that really creates this positive bus and that therefore lets everybody have that transformational experience. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. I was doing um, some more research into your brand and, and obviously you've got such a, a loyal, passionate band of kind of ambassadors and super participants. I even heard that there was there's something like a Spartan tattoo that some diehard fans actually have. We're 20,000 tattoos, we, we estimate, from what people have sent us so far. You know, it's people from all walks of life that have these tattoos for all different reasons. And um, their stories are really very personal and, you know, they, they are open to sharing them with us, which is always great. Yeah. And I, and I guess it's that sense of community and the willingness to share your very, very personal transformation stories, which is probably how you guys have cracked it and actually being able to kind of build this very kind of challenge based tribe. Thinking about kind of technology and social media and helping fitness brands to build fandom, how important have you found technology and social media in helping fitness brands to build fandom? Is there a particular platform or content that resonates best, enables your community to connect with each other? The most important component really is the authenticity of the founder. And, um, you know, Joe gives us, Joe at Spartan.com gives us email to everyone. You know, we obviously have very open communications, even within our social media platforms, looking more at the technology side. But if you have a founder and um, a, a management team that really lives the brand and people are very much um, engaged and are open for dialogue, are going to the events, you know, it takes this, this mission of changing 100 million lives becomes more important than the financial, um, you know, KPIs and goals. And I think in the end of the day, that's how Joe has been able to build this brand. He's very close to the customer. He goes to so many races. He listens to people. He's always available for comments. So I think that is at the core, really the most important, how you get very dedicated people. And then, yeah, talking about the platforms, I mean, one has been born on Facebook. There's no other way around it. 10 years ago, you know, with the kind of rise of Facebook, um, Spartan has really benefited from that. We've very much leveraged the, the Facebook groups, which have been incredible because they're not operated by Spartan. Many of them are not. They're just individuals that, you know, create groups, share the experience. They could be geographical based. They could be interest based. They could, you know, there's so many different groups right now that there are. And then um, we also have Instagram. Instagram, I think, is a very strong inspirational channel for us. And more recently, we're really pushing on um, LinkedIn. Um, the, the head of the UK office, Matt, is definitely doing an amazing job being very active on LinkedIn. And, you know, we're following suit in, in the US. Um, and then obviously we're looking at TikTok and, you know, many other um, platforms such as Pinterest. But I would say um, social media is very important because that's how people, you know, A, check out a brand. Right now you go to the website and then you go to social media channels. So, and it's a perfect medium for, uh, for sharing user-generated video. That, that's really what makes our brand, uh, you know, we don't want to create the story. We just create a platform for people to share the story. 
because ultimately if we have all of our um, you know customers volunteers share their stories and uh, we just had our first post-covid race um, on uh, uh, march 13th in jacksonville florida and the feedback has been amazing and it's all been user-generated content where people have just shared their videos and that then was picked up by press and so forth so i think that's ultimately the best pr if your customer tells your story and then just thinking about um, kind of online and what you were talking about with people's personal stories and user generated content. Um, there's a fitness apparel brand in the UK, which is called Gymshark, and it has actually just been named as one of Britain's private companies with the fastest growing profits. They pretty much say the reason why we're successful is solely down to influence and marketing. What do you think and how big a role do you think influencers play in your brand activation efforts? Yeah, I think our authenticity ultimately is really driven by us featuring people that don't necessarily have massive followings, right? And it's it's whether you appear on the Spartan Instagram and Facebook is not dependent on how much reach you have. It's really the quality and the honesty of your story and how we feel it's going to connect a lot of people. That's not to say that we don't want to reach influencers. I think the the benefit that we that we have as a brand is that we are able to gift a potential race to an influencer, um, a, a more traditional like big influencer, and they then come and race and share their story. And many times we don't even gift the race. I mean, we had Serena uh, Williams race, we had Alicia Keys race. I mean, the the names of the very big influencers are um, you know many, and they all share their experience because like your friend, they had a very transformational, great, fun experience with also their friends. And, um, you know, they want to share that. But yeah, I, I believe that influencers are important if the story is authentic. So I, I don't want to say, here's, you know, X hundred thousand dollars or, or pounds, let's allocate that to influencers and kind of create this picture perfect narrative. We're not interested in working with influencers if they are not actually going through the experience because then there's nothing to share. You know, just saying like, hey, I'm excited or I tried the Spartan shoes and they're awesome. That's not really what we want to do. We really want to have people um, experience the brand, experience the community, and then be authentic within that. Because otherwise, our community is going to say, who are these people and why are you bringing them in? They don't actually know what a Spartan is, right? So we, we really have to have them experience the brand and then tell the story from their angle. And I think it's, it's helpful to broaden the perception of the brand because, you know, looking specifically at women like women might think it's intimidating it's not for them right so featuring a story of a woman that has just had a baby that you know was thinking how do i lose the weight how do i overcome uh, or deal with the, the different in my life now how, how do i basically get back to who i am with so many stories where people said this, this racing has really brought me back has enabled me to focus and to really enjoy life as a mom and you know deal with my weight and like organize my thoughts and all of that so those are the stories that we want to share. And look, if the person has a massive reach, that's even better. But if not, then, you know, I think um, the stories that really make me cry, think, or be happy are not necessarily dependent on what reach you have. And I think this is exactly why you guys have such brilliant content and doing so well as a brand, because they are very personal stories that you're sharing with the world. And um, turning to now, with restrictions and mass gatherings currently putting your paid race events on hold, You've obviously had to pivot as a brand from one that predominantly offers live events to one that offers fans a digital first experience. 
Would you be able to provide us with an overview of what you've done and how easy it has been to translate the Spartan story from offline to online? Of course. I mean, I think um, in a way, you know, we were able to um, really leverage the, the crisis as a way to really restructure how we're looking at content internally and like what we're doing. Because when you run, a, you know, to the outside world, relatively large business, 250 event across 40 different, 48 different countries, it looks like, you know, we have a lot of means to do advertising and, you know, basically reach a lot of people. I think when you look at the reality of the business, it's a relatively small business still, right, from the inside. So when we all of a sudden didn't have to, uh, weren't able to communicate about upcoming races because there was no security when the, those races were taking place and we had to cancel quite a few, we basically had to look at what's the core of our business and that is the community in the end of the day, right? Without that community, we don't do or sell anything. So I think we very quickly said, okay, if, if we are um, obviously part of our community, how do we continue to motivate them and engage them? And I think the, the goal to that was immediately content. So we very quickly turned into this 24 seven platform before social kind of exploded. We started a, a daily 24 seven zoom channel where people were doing workouts. Joe, our CEO was live literally four times a day, starting at five in the morning, then at six, then at eight, and then again in the afternoon where people could just drop in, work out with him, ask him questions. He would give advice. We then since pivoted that into the unbreakable CEO kind of um, show. And then we just quickly said, okay, we are seeing people are engaged. Our social engagement really went through the roof. People were craving going back to racing. Obviously, you know, there are circumstances that prevented us from putting up races over the last two months. So we quickly launched these virtual races and then we learned you know they were free and we learned that the community wanted more so we said well do you want a medal and a t-shirt and everybody said yes so we produced that at cost gave that as an upgrade and we had over i think 40 some thousand people participated and purchased three million people enrolled in the race and leaderboards and so it very quickly became a, a big the biggest global race virtual race and um, we have unbelievable user-generated content from everywhere. And you know, when you ask like what what sort of kept the lights on, I think from a passion perspective, definitely just getting this amazing feedback from our community for people saying, thank you, like you're helping us through. And this was everybody from nurses, police, firefighters to um, you know our community, moms, dads, like kids. You know, we had a, a, we have a, every day at 3 p.m. a kids workout. So. There's just so much passion and so much gratitude for, for doing all of this. And then um, we very quickly said, well, what do people need? They need um, workout equipment in their homes. What can we sell them? What can we source? And we were able to very quickly provide, you know, merchandise that the customers wanted that, um, you know, they might not have looked at uh, to Spartan before. So that really became, um, you know, a cornerstone of our revenue mix going forward. Do you think with the unprecedented changes in our society and the way that we live, that there's less of a focus on people striving to improve their aesthetic looks, they're going after muscles and six packs and biceps, and more of an investment in the emotional and mental well-being benefits of exercise? Yeah, um, so we had an article in uh, Runner's World that basically looked at our safety uh, procedures and I think we, we went into the race saying we want to be the gold standard of experiential events and I think we over delivered obviously you know there's a cost factor to that 
it is it is difficult to um, to maintain um, races with all the COVID restrictions. But I think we we want to make this a very safe experience for our racers, and we want to have people back when they feel safe to come back and when they feel ready. The great thing is, the great indicators is we're seeing a lot of people that are that are excited, that are asking us. I mean, our social media is blowing up, our inboxes are blowing up. People are saying, "I want, I want the race, I want to come back." And I think with putting the restrictions in place that make it safe, that have social distancing, these are all outdoor events. We obviously are working very closely with the local governments and are only putting up races when they invite us in and when they deem it safe and they inspect and. Um, yeah, I think in terms of our overall business, like being not too reliant on racing and having other revenue sources is very important. And that's why I'm excited to definitely keep working on um, all our merchandise and the e-commerce platform there. But also, you know, I think virtual races, having that global 40,000 people across the globe participated in one day with all the video that shows how they're connecting. That's a beautiful message. And I think we should should continue to push that, even though we will have or we are having races in local environments again. But, you know, when you look at our world championship and like how people from all um, different regions come together, they can do that virtually and then celebrate themselves together the day that they get together in those world championships or international events. And I think this gives us more like 365 days a year, the ability to be a real, truly integrated global brand. That's absolutely brilliant. You're you're pretty much providing something for everyone and what they're feeling like, whether or not they're feeling anxious and they want to stay inside or they're they're completely bored of the four walls and they want to get out and race. Thank you very much for your time, Grola. It's been wonderful having this chat with you. No, thank you. This is great. Yeah, really appreciate it. A big thank you to Grola for joining us here today to tell us more about the Spartan journey how the brand is using storytelling to turn participants into diehard fans, and of course, how Spartan has had to expand its service offering from offline to online in a very short space of time. We have popped a link in our podcast synopsis to the Spartan Race website and urge you to be brave, take the plunge and sign yourselves up. Take care all.